Welcome to season three of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kelby Bachman, and I hope everyone had a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays and people are enjoying their break. Also, a happy two-pound allowance to those who celebrate. Um, I know Iowa and Nebraska got two-pound allowance um, on Christmas, so uh, I've always looked forward to that. I'm sure everyone else looked forward to that as well. Growing up brings back some good memories. So uh, the song you just heard is Boom by Cassie Yet, and it is also the walkout song for the next guest on the show, Rachel Gallardo. So Rachel is a registered dietitian as well as an internet correspondent who covers the SOCON. She also created her own website apparel called Tough Wrestling, and we actually have a discount code for you in this very episode that will get you 15% off your next purchase. So listen to the episode, and once you hear the code, you will be able to find Tough Wrestling Apparel and go to the website at toughwrestling.com. Prior to all this, Rachel was a manager with the App State Wrestling Team. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy Rachel Gallardo. I was actually in North Carolina to see yeah. my sister. So my sister lives in Southern Pines. So I was in, and then we drove right past High Point which um, you probably know him, Caleb Smith, Nebraska wrestler yep. now, who's from, yep. yeah, he's from High Point. And so I thought, I was like, wow, that's crazy. So yeah, we actually, um, we were like, I've known him since high school. Oh, really? Kind of like grew up together in a way. And then he was one of my teammates at App. And um, I've known him like, since he was teeny tiny, like literally really? teeny tiny. And um, Still I'm teeny tiny. I'm just I'm so proud of him and when I first went hit the transfer portal I was like man like is it kind of figuring or wondering kind of like what could be the case or like what because I I also realized and you have to you have to rationalize too it's not always about the sports it's also you know the academics and your personal life and where that's going to take you because some places that these guys want to be grad transfers at they're um like their first home, um, their first college doesn't always have that as a master's program or a grad program. And <clears throat> excuse me, depending on what they want to do as a career, that master's program may not meet the requirements for what they want to do. So for example, um, NC State has a master's in nutrition, but it wouldn't have been the master's of nutrition that I needed because I could have done, um, I think, it's like agricultural nutrition, maybe something like that. The mm. difference is the master's program at Appalachian, it was coupled with the dietitian, um, the dietetic internship, which is what I needed. And the hours, and I had the clinical practice. So I'd be ready to go to take the exam and I'd be cleared, like cleared for takeoff, essentially. <laughs> um, so it's 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 more than just sports. And that's what I had to keep telling myself and that I also didn't realize, like, I, I mean, it's such a far away from home and I, I you don't, you don't um, think 
that people actively sometimes want to leave. Um, again, I've known him and his family. His grandparents actually live here where I'm from. Really? And um, so like you, you would think like, you know, why would you want to run from your family? But it's it's not. That's what I didn't I didn't think of that. It was, you know, some people just do what they got to do. And it's it's also business like that's it, when we look at how NIL, especially recently, has transpired and that, that memo from the NCAA and how it's it's turning into the schools can now make their own rules and the schools can do their own thing. And it's almost like, well, then what was the point of having rules to begin with? It's just mm-hmm. now I'm, I mean, I could be just rambling like a ding dong and I don't have the full scope of understanding that I should, because I'm not in the thick of it. Um, I am, I have a, a media, I guess you could say a fan's perspective too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, having been in the setting of college athletics previously, um, these people don't, I don't think realize that's something I try to remind people is I did also work within the sports nutrition department at Appalachian. And um, so it wasn't just the administrative side with wrestling and understanding the ins and outs of that, but also like sports nutrition. And so for example, um, and this is really helpful, though, as a dietitian to, mm-hmm. to know these things, because I, I almost did part of my internship with um, with AppFuel and then it, it didn't work out. And that's OK, because life, you know, life happens anyway. <clears throat> but usually what happens is uh, and this is something that I do every day at work. You have to document how many patients you see, how many of those are people that I found from like, did they have a low BMI? How long have they been here? Um, have they not been eating? Has, you know, the criteria that we usually screen for and we usually look for, do they do any of these patients meet that? And then um, we look for consults, which automatically pop up in a separate list, which means the doctors, the nurses, somebody says, hey, woo, this is a high priority. Go take care of this right now, please. Um, which is usually critical care or diabetes education, stuff like that. Um, and then it's, if we're in rounds and they're like, Hey, can you go see so-and-so or somebody stops us in the hallway, whatever, that's a rounds referral. Well, if we don't document how many times we're utilized, then we can't justify our positions. We can't justify why we're there. We can't justify having butts and seats. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I tell the wrestlers or I've told other athletes, Hey, whenever they because they didn't have a dietitian for for a little while um they were like going through a a transition phase when I was last there but that was like four years ago yeah like four years ago um 2018 oh five have I been at a I have, have I been undergrad for five years oh anyway but I tell them, and even now I'm like, Hey, have you met with the dietitian? And they were like, well, no, why would I, I can keep my weight under control. I'm like, well, even if you just go and you check in and you're like, Hey, um, Barbara, I use Barbara for everybody, <laughs> Barbara. And, um, I don't know what my man name is, my man name. I don't know what the man name I use. <laughs> um, but anyway, I'm just like, hey, go check in or set up an appointment and say, hey, I just want to like talk. I want to see, just let you know what I've been doing, checking in, um, 
see if this is okay or see if, you know, you think of anything or just wanted you to, or wanted to like get to know you, build up a relationship so that in the event that you do need them in the future, you have that relationship established and it's like, hey, I really need help like right now. They might be able to move things around and help you out. And, you know, build it's, it's a corporately, it's called building strategic relationships. <laughs> so, um, I was like, also guys, if you don't use it, you lose it. So what mm-hmm. happens is these people have to track their metrics. They have to track how many athletes they see, how much time they spend with them. They have to document what they do with them. Like did they talk about education? Did they do, um, medical nutrition therapy for, um, pre or post-surgical recovery? Did they talk about interventions for disordered and eating disordered eating and eating disorders um, or like recovery for or pe- athletes who are in recovery? You have to document it. You have to show how much time you were there when you're in that. That's kind of like the outpatient setting in a way. Mm-hmm. Well, it is the outpatient setting. Um, but then when you turn it in, it's like, hey, this can justify whether or not you need more people to work on your team. Because if you're like, oh, I'm seeing like two or three athletes a day. Most of my time is spent in the fueling station. I'm not really, you're not doing like what, you're not do, pumping out the workload that you should be. Mm-hmm. That's, that's you know, again, resource management, looking at like from the business side um, and understanding. Anyway. That was um Caleb, the Caleb Smith was the slippery slope that led us to business metrics and <laughs> but anyway so know. essentially what I guess what I got from that a quick summary was would be the bigger schools might have people come to them on the regular and then they are able to justify having the additional resources for their program whereas if you have a different program. Um, maybe App State in this example, um, not use utilizing that resource. Then when they go to administration and say, hey, you know, let's look at if we need this resource or not. If you don't have any real documentation or a lot of it, that might put that spot in jeopardy. Okay. But I will say this though about their, um, that memo that came out from NCAA, they yeah. did talk about expanding uh, mental behavioral health Um assistance for student athletes I think that's great like sports psychologists or even psychiatrists and having those on staff because psychology is the therapy talking outside psychiatry is the med management so if you're on antidepressant um, ADHD medications whatever and having those prescriptions and having that documentation is also important because athletes do get drug screened mm-hmm. but what happens it, when they pop positive because they they've had their their stimulants so that they can focus and go to class and be good students because they're students and then they're athletes yeah anyway, anyway so it's no it's- I, that's a good point i remember there were at least this happened a while ago but um a- uh, athletes were getting popped for using adderall um because it was on the banned substance list but they were prescribed it and needed it for like class or public speaking or whatever you know and so yeah or even, all right, let, I will give my last, I guess, um, NSF banned substance thing. Those <laughs> self-drinks have guarana. And that's like, 
massive no-no on the banned substance list. What it's, drink is it? Uh, Celsius. Oh, oh, really? I thought I saw that on. Did you post it or somebody? I thought posted it. Madison posted it. Madison. Okay. Yeah. So Madison posted it recently, and I saw that, and I was like, "Whoa." Yeah. Celsius drinks are on the banned sub, or like technically. And I've seen some athletes that are, I think, sponsored by them. And I'm like, mm, I hope you don't drink that. <laughs> nope. um, that feels like a conflict of interest, but. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> That's crazy that that drink would have something in it that is on the banned substance list. Like, yeah. It's... Here's, the thing. Here's the thing. Guarana and like this. Uh, here, I think I might have one right here. Let me. I'm gonna read you this this thing that I like to drink, and it's not it's nothing bad. What is this? Okay, my bag of goodies. Um, <laughs> these are like some energy fizz sticks that I that I get. It's got like I think ginseng, taurine, and I think guarana. Guarana, like it's fine if you just if you take it because it's a energy booster, and I hate the term energy because it's not really energy's calories it's a right. of measurement like power measurement hmm. if you really want to get technical um but for for athletes it's like a performance enhancing substance so so when i drink one of those i can work really fast because i'm just like ah! like <laughs> mm -hmm. wow and it's called guarana um yeah guarana wow here i'll type it in the chat that's mm -hmm. like an iguana guarana yeah yeah man i wonder when that was added i'm just now spitballing now we're just thinking oh, i'm gonna google it now you got me curious <laughs> because those celsius drinks aren't haven't been around that long oh Wait a second. Hold on. On November 2022, the gold standard um, banned substances control group, certified drug-free, certified quality, and certified GMP, caffeine and guarana, Celsius, and other energy drinks are not banned by the NCAA. So Celsius is fact check. Wow. Okay, I'm I am I am more than I am humble enough to <laughs> when i'm wrong wow yep. celsius is not banned by the ncaa as has been mistakenly reported in several articles and in social media unfortunately there has been a lot of misinformation shared suggesting that ingredients like ginseng guarana l-carnitine and taurine are illegal stimulants or that guarana is subject to total ban under ncaa regulations they are not the information provided here aims to provide accurate information that NCAA student-athletes can rely on when considering Celsius or other energy drinks that may contain caffeine, guarana, or other ingredients highlighted. So caffeine is limited. An athlete must violate the 15 micrograms per milliliter. And so in a in the NCAA caffeine limit in urine test positive, Around 500 nanograms per milliliter is needed to exceed the 15 micrograms, there we go, per milliliter NCAA caffeine threshold. Metabolism can vary and lower amounts may be a concern for some student-athletes. 
the international so the ISSN is like an international sport something mm-hmm. states that 10 milligrams per kilogram of body weight is needed to violate the 12 micrograms per milliliter threshold used in Olympic drug testing. This corresponds to 500 to 1,362 milligrams for athletes in the 110 to 300 pound range. Celsius contains 200 milligrams of caffeine, including the amount from guarana, and suggests a limit of two servings a day. When used as directed, the caffeine provided by Celsius is below the suggested NCAA risk level and in line within 400 milligram amount the FDA suggests. It is not associated with negative side effects. Guarana is included on the NCAA banned substances list as an example of caffeine. Guarana itself is not banned. It is simply one source of caffeine along with coffee, tea, cocoa, colanda, and other plants. Um, co- drug testing does not differentiate between sources of caffeine. It does not test for guarana, coffee, tea, and other or other sources. It tests for caffeine itself in excessive amounts higher than 15 micrograms per milliliter. An NCAA statement in 2009 confirmed that guarana and caffeine are not banned and said they can be purchased and consumed by student athletes on their own without any risk to their eligibility. Other ingredients such as ginseng, L-carnitine, and taurine are legal dietary supplement ingredients. They're not illegal stimulants, nor are they banned by the NCAA or any other sport drug testing program. Energy drinks containing caffeine or guarana are impermissible for NCAA to provide student-athletes under uh, a bylaw with nutritional supplements, but they are not banned substances when used in moderation. Excessive use of a product that contains caffeine puts a student at risk of a positive test. Caffeine and guarana are in popular energy drinks such as Celsius, Monster, Red Bull, Rockstar, and others that are not banned by the NCAA. Energy drink brands can't be NCAA sponsors, but can be NIL sponsors of individual athletes. Hmm. <laughs> well, ding dong, I'm wrong. Yeah. Oh, myth busted. Myth busted. <laughs> oh, I that was like, a lot there. I, I did not intend to read all of that. But I did. And so, yeah. look, your listeners are really good. They're in for it. It feels like we're not even talking about wrestling. It's like we're just, they're just learning. Yeah. Learning today. <laughs> Basically, what I learned there is like, it's okay to have it in moderation. But if you excessively intake, you know, if you like drink Celsius and only Celsius like all day, yeah, you're probably going to test positive. But yeah. if you drink it in moderation, it's yeah, like, you'll be fine. Exactly, exactly. I mean, so well, it's not so, not banned. It's just, yeah, it's it's regulated. Yeah, but also that's why you need to drink a lot of water. Yeah, because it's you gotta hydrate anyway. I can't get started on my kidney spiel because let me tell you something. I love the kidneys. <laughs> <laughs> why? Okay, don't go there. Don't yep. go there. I'm uh, I just I love kidneys. Um, they they help us to like produce our like they they filter our blood right. So mm. it's the, our way for our blood to get clean. They're like the washing machines of your body. And um, but if one fails, we have another. And mm. then if you have to get a transplant, you have to just keep that third dead one in there. It just is kind of sitting there like, well, hey guys, yeah, <laughs> awkwardly third wheeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just so fascinating how like hydration really impacts um, 
kidney function and like the metabolism of different um, nutrients through your kidneys. Um, same thing with like, how do I say this? There's this, uh, there's this doctor on like TikTok and I see him on YouTube a lot because I don't use TikTok, but it's easier to call them TikToks. It's YouTube shorts. Mm-hmm. And um, he does a little, little skits of different types of specialties. So with nephrology, so kidney doctors, um, he's always got like a jar of salt and he's just like, cause like hydration, you know, you got to stay hydrated and, um, you know, salt is a very important part of hydration and fluid balance, um, in, in, in the blood and, um, just very fascinating. Or even like if you're dehydrated and you get those bad back pains, it's like, Hmm, you can end up with a, a an acute kidney injury. Um, I see a lot of those and, I do have to monitor quite a few kidney labs when I'm at work. And I've also had a lot of personal experience with um, renal function, dialysis um, type stuff. So it's just super fascinating how as your kidney function declines, you require less protein. But when you are on dialysis, like hemodialysis, so um, that's you have a, can have a fistula in your arm or in your a portacath in your chest. Um, that's like where your main venous access sites are. Um, and then there's sometimes your, your sites don't take, um, cause they have to be like surgically inserted or, you know, their infection risks anyway. Um, but when you are getting your blood taken and it's essentially getting washed in the machine, like a, like pulled out, clean mm-hmm. the machine, in, reinfused in you, um, and you're given fluids, whatever that strips some of the protein out of your blood. So then you require more protein and you require like much higher protein than you did before. Um, so that's just very interesting to see like how the recommendations and the different guidelines and um, like uh, my aunt, she's on dialysis three times a week and some days she'll get back and she's like, all right, let's go conquer the day. Some days she gets back. She needs a nap. She's ready to rally. Um, so it's, or even I, you have to convince some of my residents that are on dialysis, hey, you got to eat, got to eat so you can feel better. Um, or even having snacks in the chair um, because they usually are in dialysis. It takes several hours depending on your your body size or um, like some people have more blood volume than others. And some people have to be on different medications for blood thinners or um so anyway, very just very interesting to to learn about those those disease processes and how it can um yeah, I love kidneys. Yeah. I love kidneys. And it also helps like so again, all right, this is gonna get kind of gross, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Here's really the what the nitty-gritty is is you got your um your colon and your your intestines for your solid waste, your mm-hmm. liquid waste, it goes to your kidneys first. So your blood um it filters all through your kidneys it takes all the waste in the in the kidneys and then it goes um through all of the the loops and the turn twisties and the turns into your Mm. bladder and then your bladder finally gets full and it sends a message to your brain it's like hey oh hey whoa we gotta go (laughs) Go bathroom and then you excrete your waste so Mm. If you ever notice if you've taken a multivitamin and you look like you ate a glow stick, um, then it's because your body has filtered out that excess. So it's cool that like our mm-hmm. bodies know, hey, I've had too much. 
I'm okay. Thank you. Um, that's those water soluble vitamins versus like a fat soluble vitamin that just goes straight to our fat cells. Um, not always straight to, but anyway. So I that I love the kidneys. <laughs> so also what I got from that is you can tell a lot. And again, yeah, this may be like whatever TMI, but you can tell a lot from your pee. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Like if you are really paying attention to what color it is or whatever, like you can tell. Also, if it's clear, <laughs> there's not always, it's not always an indicator of health. It's not always an indicator of hydration. Really? It, it's it, or I don't want to say hydration. Let me back up on that one. But health, like just because it is clear does not always mean healthy. You probably just drink a lot of water. So it it's okay to have a little you don't oh. you don't need to have clear peas all the time. It's it's yeah. okay. It's okay. Hmm. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> For anyone who's self-conscious about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean to run it back to 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 wrestling like that was always an indicator of well, I'm hydrated or well, I'm I'm good well, cuz it's clear urine. But see, also that where we do testing now, or the way at least in college they they should be doing the testing, there's a like you have like a dip test and like you dip a little thing in it to to check mm -hmm. it. Um, but that I mean that's historically what's happened, and until we can kind of change those guidelines, like change I don't want to say the narrative, but like change the practice and be like hey you know this is a better way to do it or a more accurate way to do it so people aren't fudging it and they're able to you know be more honest it's it's healthier because i know so many guys are like yeah I just put water in my cup and then I pee a little bit and i'm fine yeah yeah that's what we used to do in high school yeah you know uh it was like you'd have like six lines or whatever and then you'd see where your urine was and you'd have to meet a certain color and then you'd be good. Or, you know, Hey, today's the testing day. So I'm just going to chug a bunch of water and then I'll be good. And then I'll go on my merry way. And the next, you know, be doing the wrong things later. So, and, um, I know back to the kidneys, um, you're type one diabetic, right? Mm -hmm. And that's a kidney function, correct? No, that's pancreatic. Pancreatic, um, sorry. Look at me. I don't know. I'm, so oh, let's, let's so, do a lesson. Okay. Um, yeah. So actually, December, it's very special and, or not special. I don't know how you want to frame it, whatever, but um, December 2000 is when I was diagnosed. So this makes 23 years that I've had it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know like the exact day. I don't remember. I'd have to like go call because this was back when they hadn't, I, I don't think they had gone to electronic medical records yet. Um, they were still on paper charts. And I would have to, you know, call and be like, hey, when was I first a patient? And they would have to like do a like a request or whatever. So mm -hmm. anyway, um, I remember like when I was first diagnosed, I was three and I like my daycare teachers were like, hey, you know, Rachel, you know, there's some SpaghettiOs were my favorite food at the time. SpaghettiOs. <laughs> she said she was hungry. She didn't eat. She's been having to go potty a lot and she's been really, really thirsty. And she just, I was very outgoing. 
could you imagine um surprise and open um at, as a little one and I wasn't acting like myself I'm um, just kind of like gray tired really sleepy and they took me to the doctors there's a doctor tapper who was I think our like it's like on our med staff at the time at the hospital but um anyway anyway Dr. Chapper and one of the nurses, her son had just been diagnosed with diabetes and looked at my mom was like, hey, you should take Rachel to um, Baptist, which is um, like the the closest children's hospital, Brenner's Children's Hospital. And um, so she took me there. And I remember I had on this um, like princess nightgown, like a princess stick figure nightgown. And my dad got me out of the car and I got put in a wheelchair and um, I just was there. I was like, man, I don't know what's going on, but all right, cool, whatever. Um, And my my parents were upset and I was like, that's weird. I just sitting there watching Disney Channel like, dude. <laughs> um, my sister was born that May. So, um, you know, she was teeny tiny and um, it, it was like, a, it was a lot lot to learn so then the next day um I had gotten um put with my endocrinologist Bobby Hackman she's my nurse practitioner up until I think I was 20 19 wow. yeah they they had to kick me out of pediatrics <laughs> I'm curious they had to kick me out of pediatrics um I did not want to leave I was kicking and screaming like quite literally um all stages of grief were gone mm-hmm. through. Um, but so, uh, and then her and Kathy Cooper. So Kathy Cooper was my diabetes care educator. Um, she passed away, I believe it was 2016. Yeah, New Year's 2016 or 2017. Um, and I found out like when I got home from the scuffle, um, mm. she had um, like in the last six or eight weeks of the previous year. No, it was... um. It was 17 yeah so the last few weeks of 2016 she had been diagnosed with like stage four um like cervical ovarians and like that cancer and then it had progressed so quickly that she had to be transitioned to hospice care and just was at home with her family and passed away um but when she got her diagnosis they told me that she said to the doctors so you're telling me i can't work anymore And I mean, these are the people who taught me how to live and they're the people who taught me how to like, how to count carbs, how to use an insulin pump, um, how to, you know, poke myself with needles. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's very, it was kind of, it was traumatic and the progress I had made with being able to, um, you know, do my own, some of my own care. I had to rely on like the guy I was dating at the time. I had to rely on my roommate. I had to rely on some other friends. Like, hey, I I really need your help right now. Um, it was just very difficult. Um, so anyway, there, there's that, and I have an educator now, Emily. She is wonderful. Um, she's kind of closer to my age. I think she's like mid thirties. Um. And we'll we'll text sometimes if I ever need anything. Um, and my new endocrinologist, I've had a couple of different ones because they like leave the practice. Um, <laughs> in the adult world, they just they 
<laughs> carousel. It's a merry-go-round of uh of providers and um Miss Girl, you can't have that. No. You cannot have. Hey, you wanna come here and say hi? Okay, never mind. That's both of them. They're trying to just be menaces. Um <laughs> but they're interesting people because the in the adult world it's very like straightforward and um the diabetes clinic for pediatrics it's very you know cute fun yay the adult world mm -hmm. it's okay do better bye mm -hmm. so that's not no harm no shade that's just you know very matter of fact and even i mean i'm guilty of it too like i i but i also don't deal with little kids mm -hmm. I, do, I would be more wee and having a good time <laughs> um, but <laughs> anyway so like growing up, I was really a professional patient looking at, you know, going to the, see a dietitian, going to see a diabetes care educator or a nurse educator, going to my nurse practitioner, going to like, I mean, diabetes classes, um, going to a lot of different things. And, and growing up with it, I would kind of look around at other kids and be like, well, why aren't they checking their blood sugar? Or why don't mm -hmm. they have an insulin pump? Or, oh, your mom didn't write your carb countdown? Because that was normal for me. Mm -hmm. So in a way, I think it was really a, I don't want to say a blessing, but just it, I was, it worked out. Um, <laughs> convenient. Yeah. <laughs> Expensive, but convenient. Yeah. Um, because I was able to, to just grow up and this is my routine. This is my normal. This is what I do whenever I go on a trip. I mean, anybody who's traveled with me will tell you, I always have to pack like a separate bag of diabetes supplies because you can't just go buy infusion sets, cartridges mm -hmm. and everything that I need for my specialty equipment. I can't just go buy it at the store. That special order. It has, it's, it's, a. Uh, you have to get it through DME, so durable medical equipment um, suppliers, and um, or even dealing with insurance authorizations, dealing with um, like I meet my deductible lickety split. <laughs> so mm -hmm. it's just very, it's it's very uh yeah, it's it's a lot. So back to the so the educational piece. So um, type one diabetes, it's um, currently not curable. Um, it's where your beta cells in your pancreas um, no longer work. Um, a lot of people in the diabetic community, we say they are dead. <laughs> and uh, your pancreas does more, though, than um, does more than um, just produce those those cells for insulin function. It also creates um, acinar cells, and those are important for releasing digestive enzymes. So the pancreas, if I were to have mine removed, I would have issues with you know, digestion and um, releasing different enzymes that you need to digest your food, whether that's in your spit and your stomach and your intestines, wherever your body needs that organ for those two. So I just don't make insulin. Um, but with type two diabetes, the disease process is um, sometimes it's accompanied with metabolic syndrome, which is um, a, a combination of a large waist circumference, high BMI, um, high blood pressure, high blood sugar, um, large waist circumference, and high cholesterol. Um, but so type 2 diabetes, what happens is um, our, as we gain weight, 
our bodies become more insulin resistant. And so that's why like you kind of, it's, it's the, the notion of people who have larger bodies are diabetic. Um, Mm -hmm. so what insulin is a, is a fat storing molecule or it is a, it's a anabolic molecule molecule. So anabolic and catabolic anabolic is a builder catabolic. It breaks it down. So that's it's why also you see uh, bodybuilders taking insulin injections to help build their bodies. Um, Cause it's again, a, a builder versus a breaker downer. Yes. Again, uh, you have a higher content of fat cells in your body. Um, and then, so people eat more Then your blood sugar is going to get higher. So then your body's going to have to produce more insulin. Well, your insulin's not working as well because you have a higher higher uh fat mass on your body so then your body requires more insulin well what happens when your body makes more insulin you store more fat so that's why with um type 2 diabetes you might need insulin injections or you might need some of those um um those those oral medications like metformin or the or ozempic the glp1 inhibitors um and and things of that nature it helps to um well really the the glp1 inhibitors also aid in weight management um weight loss weight management and um but so when i even when i lose weight and i have a leaner body mass i do not require the same amount of insulin as if i gain weight so um like holiday time i know i better bump up that basil because i'm i'm gonna gain like five or six pounds mm-hmm. that's what happens but if I'm if I'm exercising and I'm not eating as much and I'm leaning out, I have to really watch my blood sugars and really watch like how that's that's gonna how my my medication's gonna impact um, me. It's a lot of math. Yeah, a lot of math. Hope that was hope that was helpful. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um... How does that then, have you met many wrestlers who are type one diabetic or type two diabetic? Probably not many type two. Well, also type two, like it's, it's genetic too. Like it's not just like a lifestyle. Yeah. It is. It's also genetic. So it's, that's, that's what's frustrating about the stigma behind it is. Yeah. It's, it's also genetic and um, just like anything else, any other health problem issues that, that people can have. So mm-hmm. um, anyway, Jared Verclaren, oh, yeah. okay. um, he's type one. Um, I've gotten to meet his parents before and I know him. Um, when I say I know him, like we talk in passing and like, it's not, like, <laughs> yeah. he's, like, um, but really nice guy. And it's really cool to watch how he's been able to like kind of manage that. And um, one of my friends from um, high school, his name's Ben Bowens. He was a, I think he was a two-time state champ in North Carolina. And then a and a runner up, so um, and he um is also type one diabetic, and he ended up being a cheerleader at Appalachian instead of wrestling, because he's like, well, I have to stay active. I need to do something. So back to our original points. Yeah, I've only met only met one, and um, it, that's also why again utilizing your dietitian and saying, hey, this is what I have going on. And some Division one football players, they'll have um someone on the sideline with their, um, with their CGM or their continuous glucose monitor, like in their hand or a blood sugar meter, a glucometer, 
so that they can do a finger stick. I'm ready mm -hmm. to go there on the sideline. It's like, hey, let's check you. Hey, what are you? Hey, let's check in right now so that they have like a tight monitoring of blood sugars during the game. And that way, if there's any issue, it can be corrected. Um, me personally, if I am doing any kind of physical activity, I prefer to run higher than lower um, because your body like can't make more unless your liver has to push it out. And whenever I get to that point, I'm just, I'm so nauseous. I'm sick on my stomach. I feel horrible. It is, oh, it's awful. Horrible feeling. Do not wish that on anyone. So you're saying that people like on the sidelines of football, they're checking their blood sugar to see where they're at and to see if. So, so I've seen some that, that do mm -hmm. that, or they will do things like that. That way, you know, you're not interrupting gameplay or like it's, mm -hmm. you know, you know, between plays, whatever um, you're making sure like, Hey, you're staying on top of it. So mm -hmm. if you stay on top of it and you're monitoring, 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 you're able to like go, Hey, this is, this is where I'm at right now. Or, Hey, maybe I need a snack. Maybe I need an extra, whatever, or even at halftime, especially halftime is like a big um, point for a lot of guys to, okay, let me refuel and let me, let me get my life together real quick. <laughs> but so if you don't monitor and evaluate and you stay checked in, then it, you can get to a point where it's too late and you're like kind of almost past that point of no return. It's mm -hmm. the difference between like having a couple fruit snacks or having to eat a larger volume of food and then you just feel sick and you have, because it takes about 45 minutes at minimum to recover from a low blood sugar for your brain. After a high blood sugar, it takes like four or six hours for your, your brain to recover. Um, so mom was reminding me. Wow. But, so 45 minutes for low blood sugar, four to six hours for high blood sugar. Allegedly, but I know at least <laughs> minutes. Yeah. Like there's sometimes that my blood sugar, I'm just, I'm a zombie, I'm a zombie mm. after I'm high blood sugars. I am last night. My blood sugar was so high after work. I was trying about to leave, but I just waited for um, Emily, to, my coworker to be done. And so we didn't leave until like seven o'clock last night. And um, I was done with my workload, but I, I was like, I'm just gonna drink some water and sit and hang out until like, I need to go eat dinner with my family. And I just felt so bad. I was in a, such a bad mood. Felt so yucky. It was so great. Like Oscar the Grouch. And even like the next few hours, I was just, I was not, it's foul mood, foul mood. And that's just your body's trying to get back into balance. And it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's very, it's very tough on the mental health. Cause you're like, it's like, well, Oh my gosh, what's wrong with you? And it's hard to explain sometimes like what exactly, it, what exactly is wrong. Cause sometimes like you don't, like you don't know what's happening or like how your body, um, cause sometimes like low blood sugars, high blood sugars can feel different. Like they manifest differently. And sometimes like one time, like sometimes I'll like lose feeling on like half the side of my body. I'll just go completely numb. And I thought I was having a stroke one time. Um, or sometimes, yeah, sometimes I lose feeling in like my fingers or my, on my, in one of my feet or I like my vision gets blurry. Um, my speech can get slurred. My, my mouth gets numb. Um, my face. Which are all signs of like a stroke. Yeah. 
But I just have to check my blood sugar because it's it can, you know, manifest in different ways. And I do have a continuous blood sugar monitor, but sometimes it doesn't always catch it as it's it's in a free fall. Um, mm. It's not always going to just capture that reading. And that's why knowing how to listen to your body is very important, knowing how to understand patterns and trends is very important or like even my mom can tell with my hair she's like you look bad what's your blood sugar with your hair like is it it like not as shiny or something yeah it looks like flat and gross or Mm -hmm. i don't even know how to explain it she's just like yeah you look bad Hmm. i or i can tell if my blood sugar has been extra bad because i get really horrible dark circles or my eyelids get super puffy um my sister's like are you sick I'm like yeah I'm diabetes sick she's like and that's a lot to explain to somebody when you're you you know you said it's hard to explain to somebody it's like well yeah I mean in a nutshell it's just well I'm I'm type 1 diabetic but I mean you just run and like isn't it's like some there's so many times I just don't want to go to work and like I it's so hard to just even get out of bed mm-hmm. because I'm like then or even during the night um like blood sugar management at nighttime oh my gosh there's some times where like you can have really bad highs and lows and you're just up and down up and down up and down you get no sleep and it's like you're just blacked out when your blood sugar gets super low so then you don't even know what you ate or how much you ate some mornings when I was in college I would come into the kitchen and it's just stuff everywhere I've like broken a glass before from like I like tried to just grab a glass and I was like shaking so hard that I just like drop it and I'm like oh or like spilled stuff dropped things and I'm like, what happened in here? Or I've just had to like go sit on the couch and just kind of <laughs> <laughs> a few minutes to try to feel better. And um, it's like, wow, that that's and there's some times that I've like the lowest my blood sugar's ever been before, I think is maybe like in the 30s or like the the high 20s, low 30s. And I think even recently the lowest has been is maybe like in the fifties. Um, but it is, it is such a horrible feeling. And then, cause it's almost like, um, it's just like a, like you get really hot and you have this like feeling of desperation and you're like, Oh my gosh, I need this now. No, 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 no. Help, 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 help. And you, or you don't know how to ask for help because your brain Like your brain is that organ in your body that uses so much glucose, so much sugar. So your brain is pulling from everywhere else in your body. And that's part of why your muscles don't work because that muscle glycogen is getting depleted. Then your liver is having to like pump it out real quick. And, but your brain is doing all it can to stay conscious. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just very, uh, (laughs) it's very, it's, it can be difficult, but then you do. And um, so afterward, I can tell my blood sugar is getting higher because then I am freezing cold and I am like shivering, 
have to bundle up in blankets and then I'm like, okay. Or sometimes I'll wake up with a 400 blood sugar as a rebound because I ate so much. But I mean, you're trying not to die and that's, you can't, you can't reason with me when my blood sugar is low. You cannot make me rationalize anything. You cannot, like nothing is, there's no logic, only food, food, food. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes I like, I have these times where I'm like, I have to have something sweet or no, I want something salty. And so I could have something right in front of me, but I have to have exactly what I want. Mm-hmm. No logic, no reason. It's just like, this is what I want. Um, But uh, <laughs> it's just my favorite combo though. This is going to be weird. Orange juice and double stuff Oreos. Like, do you like dip the... No, no okay. Like, okay. You just... Oreo, chase it with the orange juice. <laughs> what else do you want to talk about? <laughs> well, speaking of the clothing brand, um, because I think it's, it's starting to really become something special. I've seen a lot of people, um, especially wearing your jackets, mm-hmm. you know, the... I feel are they like custom made those jackets? So these are custom glam jackets. The custom glam jacket. Yeah. Um those take so much time. And it's because like depending on the different layers of vinyl, because I did um with Jackie Paquette's NWCA jacket that was foil. I had never done foil before, I'd only done glitter. And um I didn't know how it was gonna look. I was a little nervous about it, but um, having to size and resize all of the the measurements for everything, making sure everything fits properly because you have to cut out different layers um, for these different cutouts. So it's like, um, this is a, a tester for a, um, a DTF, a direct-to-film, but doing the center mat one, ideally, if I'm pressing it on a garment, it's going to look like this where... The white is the color of the shirt and the red is your, your color. Um, but so if I'm going to upload an image like this and the image, this background is white where the, where the lettering is and the stars are, you have mm-hmm. to go in individually, cut that out so that when the machine cuts out this image, it's actually, I'm going to hold it like this so you can actually see it. I'm so smart. But so when the machine, like, you know, cuts out the image, it's not cutting out like the outline and the big block. It's cutting out exactly what you want. Because otherwise, if it's a flattened image, it only prints out the flattened image. So you have to go in and like be very meticulous about what mm-hmm. you're trying to kind of erase or edit or modify. Um, and then, or even trying to find the correct um, file type. Then finding the colors. So what colors do I want to use? Do I not have these colors? All right, fine. Let's now let's cut it. But then sizing. So what size jacket are they going to wear? And then how big of a of a mm. um a application on the back are we going to put to the back so that it's not like so big that it is difficult for the machine to cut, but not so small that you can't see it. But also it's an expensive jacket. Like I recognize that. Sure. And it's also handmade. So a lot, a lot of time gets put into it. Um, and then you have to individually, like, like I said, if I were to do like these little committed mm-hmm. decals, you'd have to go out and get the O 
and get the E and the D and you have to like go make sure everything is weeded out in the middle there. Mm-hmm. Like I have another one nearby. Or even with this is another sublimation piece. Um, but this would be like a sublimation for a like a glass can like this. Mm-hmm. And so it would ideally like that. Um you you just you tape it and you heat it. But you have to weed out those other parts or else you're just going to get one flat image it's just it's a lot of uh a lot of attention to detail um yeah very tedious and if you mess up one little piece depending on the type of material it is or if you don't get the pressure right on the cutting machine um you can just totally rip up the whole design and it's (laughs) very frustrating it's it's um it's very frustrating it can so yeah but my custom jackets um i how i the ordering process for that is um, you order online, and then I want an email with exactly what you want on it. Um, I have two options. I have the um, regular schmegular jean jacket, and then I also have like kind of a deluxe moment where you can get a um, like pearls on the shoulder, um, pearls and rhinestone type deal. Um, I was able to find some really cool, um, like I'm, it's gorgeous. Like I made some, um, one for um, one of the coaches at Charlton State's. Well, Jimmy Overheiser's wife, Jess, um, made one for his wife. And it is, oh my gosh, it's gorgeous. But um, I don't want to show it because like I want her to have the chance to to debut it yeah. first. Um, so anyway, um, words. And then there's just the time and then I'll ship it out. So um, I'm working on one today that I have to have, um, I'm going to have shipped out by Monday um, that I've had like kind of in the drafts for a couple of weeks and um especially like with holiday time, I'm going to probably like, especially with nationals and everything, I'll probably put the cutoff like for ordering for the weekend of the conference tournament, like that Sunday after conference tournaments take place. So that that whole week before, like between the conference tournaments and nationals, whoever wants something, things can be packaged and um, like ready. Cause even like last year before nationals, I don't even think I went to bed. I took like a 45 minute nap before we got up to go to the airport and I was up making t-shirts. I was finishing cups, jackets. I was finishing so many things for people um, before I left. And so <laughs> like two in the morning, it was, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and that first I'm... day, that first day you hosted mm-hmm. at nationals too, right? Yeah, I had the, well, it was actually so the Wednesday evening and I'm going to do something similar this year. Um, the women in wrestling media, um, social dinner, um, I'm going to try to start planning a little bit sooner now. And so trying to open it up to more women in wrestling media, or even, you know, SIDs, photographers, trainers, videographers, which I know trainers aren't really media, but you know, if women want to come out, I know, um, athletic trainers don't always have, or like they have socials, but sometimes it's a boys club, um, or like I know uh, Purdue brings their dietitians, so those are really? uh, I think Elaine Smith is one of their their dietitians at Purdue that comes and she's she's such a treasure and she's great. Um, mm-hmm. I know her name's Elaine. I think her last name is Smith. I have to. I'm gonna double check. Let me double check. Yep, Elaine Wan Street. There we go. Wan Street. I don't know where that's Smith from, but she's super great dietitian for Purdue. Um, I see her at nationals. I think she had a baby recently or she's got a little one. 
um, just super great, just awesome, awesome. I got to talk to her sometimes, and um, I went, met the dietitian at Arizona State when I went in September for like kind of the campus tour. I got to sit in on practice, and they had that a was cool that you got to do that. That was that was really fun. I um I texted Lee Pretz and was like, "Hey yo, I'm gonna be down there. Can I come like hang out?" And he's like, "Yeah, man." I'm not <laughs> there, but yeah, man. I was like, all right. So went out there and it was it was great. Um it's for my friends, friend Jenny for Jimmy's wedding and um and Jess. And um the dietitian though, she had a talk about protein and you know, different ways to increase protein and um yeah. It was great. Yeah. Cool. Talked to her a little bit. And um, she's kind of like, wait, why are you, why are you here? If you're a, you're a clinical dietitian, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, well, so you think, people think wrestling is my full-time job mm-hmm. and that's, that's cute, but, um, <laughs> I guess it's cute. but it's, um, it's, it's kind of nice to know that your, your day job is almost like ambiguous sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, it's, I do a lot. Yeah. What? Yeah. The whole time you're sitting here talking about all this stuff, like you were talking about your, your jackets and, and your clothing brand, tough wrestling. Like you do that on top of your full-time job. Yeah. But it's so, not something, something like, you know, when I looked into, you know, your, your background, it's something that you're kind of used to. You're always doing multiple, you have your hands in multiple bags multiple balls in the air that you're juggling whatever you want to say whatever analogy you want i have a full buffet line (laughs) (laughs) i'm a full plate i have a buffet line yeah um but i'm also like i even just i'm uh, i need to downsize a lot of my stuff so i've been Mm. you know working on a poshmark and trying to sell some of my clothes and honestly i just care about getting rid of it and not that i don't want to donate but if i can you know make something off of it cool mm-hmm. um so i want to just i want to sell stuff i just want to get it out of my house um mm-hmm. it's not even my house it's my parents house um anyway <laughs> just want to get it out and um it's oh oh i also do hats I do, i'm doing i can do um custom hats as well um so i got like some stocking hats or or like, you know, like um like a or so okay. i've got some um got the um this leopard print trucker cap okay for women mm-hmm. and then that's the regular leopard and then i've also got black and silver as well oh that's cool yep so i'm um gonna see what i can kind of do with some of those and mm-hmm to make some cool stuff they were on like black friday clearance or whatever from the yeah. whole store that i purchased from so that's um that way i can like make some stuff or have some cool gifts on hand um and i'm trying to think of anything else i'm going to a baby shower today um mm-hmm. i do have to make some onesies i've got where oh my onesies are over there um and i know that the the mom she's like i have to have a tough women a tough women tough wrestling onesie mm-hmm. for my baby so i'll make her one and um she's one of my girls who we we did um we were wrestling managers together in middle school and high school and um for a couple of years at Appalachian and she um 
she ended up I think finishing school at home but um just proud of that proud of that kid it feels weird all of our babies are having babies (laughs) yeah but anywho (laughs) last question and this may lead a little bit um so that's why it might be the last one but uh where did where did wrestling even come into your life at you know like we've talked about a lot of stuff but really i i I still don't have the origin of where you met wrestling and how that relationship even began so it's my mom's fault okay got it blame okay it's miss ladonica's fault i'm gonna (laughs) show you real quick her name's not LaDonica, it's Donna, LaDonna, but okay, hold on, let me, let me take it to the- So then where's LaDonica come from? Is it just- So her, her government name is LaDonna, but I call her LaDonica to be funny. Um, <laughs> all right, let's, let's take it back to the beginning. Hold on, let me pause. All right, let me go to my favorites album. So she, how she puts it is- <clears throat> she um didn't she wasn't good at anything like physical or sports um she tried to play clarinet and the teacher or her dad my grandpa my granddaddy he said I will pay you to stop that's how bad it was um she did chorus I think um tried to do color guard flag team she's like well I'm good at math so she tried out to be, it was called Wrestlerettes, or no, Matt Maids at the time. Now it's Wrestlerettes, but I prefer to say managers. It's easier. Yeah. And so um, she did that. And because it's, you know, she can do math and statistics and she's, she's really smart. Mm-hmm. And so she learned wrestling and understood it. And then the the head coach at the time, Greg Fry at the high school um, was like, he he had bit part of his tongue off. Apparently, that's why they say he has a list. He's like, "Hey Donna, um, <laughs> hey Donna, we really need your help over here, and um, uh, I want Donna on my mat. Everybody, come on." So, <laughs> Coach Fry is so funny. Like, I think he's in the National Wrestling Hall of Fame in North Carolina. Um, love Coach Fry. So, anyway, before that though. He was, he was a second coach for mom. Her first coach was Wayne Barker, who is the father of Dave Barker, who is one of the co-creators of Super 32. Wow. My coach is in high school. So Dave, um, my mom like babysat Dave some when he was growing up. And then I like watched his kids some growing up. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's just been like, I got to watch Super 32 grow um, when I was growing up. Well, I'd like, I'd grown up going to stuff because my, well, let me, sorry, let me go back to mom. So mom, um, she had started to work with the team at Appalachian and there was this one manager that was there and she's like, you are not going to take this team from me. And then this is my team. And then, and I was like, okay, that's fine. Like, I just wanted to, you know, help out. And then she started like doing, I think it was her student teaching or clinicals or I, I don't know what it was, but. So then she says to my mom, she was, you know, I, as badly as I don't want to do this, I, I trust you and I don't trust anybody else. So here we go. We're going to pass the torch. So pass the torch to mom. 
and her coach in college was Paul Mance. And so that was me with coach Mance <laughs> crying at wrestling camp mm-hmm. in his lap. And he's just <laughs> <laughs> like laughing his butt off. Cause that's, that's how we, um, and oh my mercy now i'm down memory lane with all these wrestling trip pictures okay so um my my mom was working wrestling camp one summer after she had graduated she was taking some master's classes and um she went to the she's a she was a spanish teacher she's retired like for the past year and a half now and she tells the was one of the assistant coaches and his wife and she goes all right i'm gonna freak the waiter out and i'm gonna speak spanish that was my dad (laughs) (laughs) so my dad takes the order and then he's like wait a minute and he goes back he's like you spoke spanish and so (laughs) they're just back and forth he goes wait i gotta go put your order in so he puts the order in and then he comes back and is just talking 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 and um then the food comes out he says oh my goodness I'm so sorry like let me go check on other tables like I feel so bad mm-hmm. well so wrestling's like kind of how my parents met because if she hadn't been up there working wrestling camp mm-hmm. um so according to my dad though so according to to him the way he tells the story is when mom walked in he looked at the guys he was working with was like I'm gonna marry that woman he's like see her I'm gonna marry her mm-hmm. And then they've been married like almost 30 years. Yeah, almost 30 years because they were married like three years before I was born. So then um, they, dad lived in Boone, ran his phone bill up like you wouldn't believe. Um, (laughs) Mom was living here back home with her parents and my nanny and granddaddy. And then like a year later or a year and some change later, they were married. And um, so he moved to Eden um, and yeah. So, it was, and it was very interesting because my dad's from Mexico and it, w- it was very progressive for the, the early nineties and in rural North Carolina, um, people were very like, oh, um, you know, my dad's got a thick accent from another country. And he, he, his name's also Jose de Jesus. So it's spelled like Jesus. Mm-hmm. So he said, cause you know, this is Bible belt. There's always those signs like prepare to meet Jesus and Jesus saves and Jesus loves you. And you know, all the, all those good, you know, just the Southern usual Southern things. And he said, when he first came to Eden to meet my nanny and granddaddy, he was so confused. And he's like, did she tell everyone I'm coming? <laughs> He was like, how do they know? They must be. Uh, it's like, Jesus is coming. He's like, he thought it said, Jesus is coming. Mm-hmm. And he was like, should I turn around? Oh, no, no way. That's <laughs> funny. Like, Wait for me at the house. <laughs> so, <clears throat> but then he, he goes to her house. And this is, I'm telling this story like way too long-winded, but just mm-hmm. be entertained, everybody. And if you need to skip ahead, <laughs> they had 30, 45 seconds, whatever. Well, so my nanny, when she cooked um, Sunday supper, she would, now my accent's coming out. Mm-hmm. Whoops. So when she cooked Sunday supper, it was, you know, 
it was a spread. She always had at least one cake, one pie, plenty of sides like vegetables, um, you know, like the sides, vegetables, mashed potatoes, whatever, mm-hmm. um, fried chicken, um, you name it, she made it. Like that woman cooked. There was one, I will give this funny holiday story. One holiday, she fell and broke her leg when she was making a ham, the holiday ham, and she couldn't hear well. Mm-hmm. And mom, she called my mama and she said, Donna, you need to come take me to the hospital. I broke my leg. She goes, Mama, you didn't break it. And she said, Donna, I heard it snap. And my mama said, Okay. And so she gets my dad <laughs> and they like jet to her house. And she said, But you need to put me in a skirt because I am not going to that hospital in pants. Britches. <laughs> is that what she called them? Britches? Yes, that's what we call them as britches here in the South. So anyway, she broke her leg and then daddy had to go tend to the ham because she taught my daddy how to cook and like all the Southern cook in the family recipes. And mm-hmm. uh, so that was like their, their way to bond. But anyway, anyway, so daddy said he uh, made the plate and it was very neat. And um, he, you know, culturally, he didn't really understand because in Hispanic culture, if you eat all of your food, it's almost a sign or for him, um he explained that it's a sign of like rudeness and it's like you didn't get enough to eat mm-hmm. versus and so like in the south or at least in most people i know if you ate all of your food and you asked for more it's a compliment that means you liked it and it was good mm-hmm. so um dad's daddy said i i got my plate and i had my portions and i put everything you know nice and organized mm-hmm. and then my granddaddy, who was this six foot tall, six plus foot and 300 pounds, he's huge, big old gouty man. And um, he um, he said, well, what's wrong, boy? You don't like my wife's cooking? And, he, <laughs> and dad, dad said his internal dialogue was, well, I might not get to eat like this again because mm-hmm. they might not invite me back. So he ate like two or three plates more of food. <laughs> and so then him and my granddaddy sat on the porch and they were sitting on the the rocking chairs on the porch and just sitting and um he said well said i like you son said you got a good handshake and you like my wife's cooking and he's like now you know he said you know you uh you pursue this with her she spoiled. I spoiled her. And he's like, yes, sir. And he's like, okay, well, you can't say you weren't warned. And he's like, yes, sir. And <laughs> <laughs> um, so then growing up, um, you know, they so my parents get married. Um, they have me three years later, they have my sister three years later, or like two and a half ish, three years later, depending on. Sometimes we're two and a half, sometimes we're three years apart, depending mm-hmm. on when, what time of year it is. So we grew up um, going to wrestling events um, for Appalachian, whether it was like alumni weekends, whether it was app, like old timers, whatever. Um, when UNCG had a program, we used to go to UNCG wrestling events. And that's also kind of what really switched me from going, like picking UNCG or Appalachian because UNCG has a nutrition program, like a that I could have gone to, to be a dietitian, but then they dropped wrestling and I was like, nope. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but so I got involved with working with the wrestling program in middle school and learning how to keep score. Um, and then I got more involved when I got to high school. So then my junior year of high school, I had met John Mark Bentley from App State and was like, hey, coach, um, just wanted to introduce myself to you. Honestly, it was almost like a recruit. Like I felt like a recruit and I was, it was, so, it was, it was bold. It was mm-hmm. bold. I was like, hey, coach, I said, you know, I would, I'd really love to be a manager for you here. And um, like I go to Moorhead High School in Eden, North Carolina. And I just uh, wanted to introduce myself and let you know that this is something I'd be interested in and that I would really love to come here and be like work for you. And he's like, oh, okay. And I, you know, introduced me to my mom. I was like, yes, yeah, she, she, or, you know, it's like she's alumni and Yosef Club, or I'm not, she wasn't Yosef Club. She was something else. She's like one of the, it's like with, I think with the NCAA, with donors and donor rules, it's once a booster, always a booster. So she's donated money before. So she's technically a booster or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then um, I, I see him at tournaments. I'm like, mom, my coach is here. She's like, well, yeah, your coach is here. <laughs> Um, so then, um, he asked my mom one time, was like, how were her grades? And mom's like, oh, I was in like all honors AP classes and like, just uh, did very well for, you know, I, mm-hmm. for someone who was also in marching band, indoor percussion, worked with wrestling, I, to be as involved as I was and to still have the grades I had, um, all these clubs and organizations in high school, like it, I was, I was on top of it. So then, um, fast forward to college. Um, I lived in Justice. That was the athlete, fr- like the freshman athlete dorm, and um, then ROTC had a third floor. That was like their resident residential living community. And so some of the the wrestlers lived uh, in Justice, like the freshman wrestlers, and that was uh, assistant coach Randall's Yabe and Irvin. They were roommates, but um, Randall's an assistant now at Appalachian, and um, we were all super close. Like, I would just leave my door unlocked, and sometimes they just roll up in my room, or sometimes mm-hmm. I would be gone from wherever, and they would just be sitting in my room when I got back. They'd be like, hey, or they'd text me like, hey, where are you? I had to <laughs> sleep in my room. They didn't want to walk down to the gym to check their weight, because the gym was, you like walk down a couple sets, flights of stairs, and across mm-hmm. the street, like under a tunnel. That was where varsity gym is. Um, they're like, hey, are you are you at the norm? I'm like, no, my roommate is. Why? They're like, well, we want to check our weight. <laughs> <And I'm> like, <laughs> yeah, just knock or take the scale with you, dude. Um, or the first time I went on a date with the guy that I ended up dating for a while, um, they were like calling me and texting me, they're like, Rachel, 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 where are you? I'm like, I want to date. And they're like, why? And I'm like, and they're like, well, we want mono- the Monopoly out of your room. Or un- are we left our Uno cards? And I'm like, okay, I'm literally watching a movie right now. And they were like, well, when you get back. I'm like, okay. So they had to meet him to approve. Mm-hmm. They met okay. him. Fair enough. And they were like, hmm. <laughs> so then Coach Bentley also met him and was like, hmm. <laughs> Anywho, fast forward. Um, is that hmm, an approved? As like a, like all right, like okay. oh, like, okay. It's like 
don't suck. And then his kids, though, thought he was cool. So that was like the at the litmus test. You know, little kids mm -hmm. and animals are always the litmus test for yeah. people. Um, so, um, do, 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 do. Uh, my sophomore year, I got to go to nationals. That was great. Um, but like my parents, my parents bankrolled it. They paid for me to go, but um, I went as a manager. So like I went as team staff, but my parents paid for me to go. And um, I think so I'd stay with my parents and everything and travel with them, but got to like go do the behind the scenes stuff with the team and took pictures or, you know, helped out where I could or, um, you know, grabbing this, that, the third, whatever. I was just there and um, did that for, um, yeah, my sophomore, junior, senior year, got to do that. That was, I mean, that was amazing. Um, then we go to grad school. So my first year of grad school, nationals got canceled because of the pandemic. In my mm -hmm. second year, it was like that, um, like a very watered down, only so many people could go. So you had to mm -hmm. watch it online. And then the next time I got to go was as media with Intermet. And that was really awesome. So I got a DM actually spring of 21. I think it was April. No, March. It was in March or April. It was right before Willie or like right after Willie bought the site. Mm -hmm. And a DM from Earl saying, hey, um, I like... I, do you or does anyone else you know would maybe be interested in being a conference correspondent or like working on our our team it basically felt like Nick Fury rounding up the Avengers and I was yeah. like huh I was like I, I he was Earl at the open mat mm -hmm. and I was like hmm let me let me look up this cat I was like who is this person so He's like, well, I'm gonna be working with Willie now at Intermat and because he bought the site. And um, I just kind of wanted to see what your your ideas um what your ideas were. And so I was like, okay. I said, so um we we um did a Zoom call and he was like, Well, it looks like you have a very good relationship with people in the conference and that you've um you know, you interact well with others. So I would really like to um you know, see if you'd be interested in this. And if you're not, then who do you think would be a good person to reach out to? I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, let's do it. So here I am. And it's been a lot of fun. It's been, um, it's been really cool to see how this has all turned out. And it's like, I don't know, it's almost like a heavy imposter syndrome too. Cause it's like the, I have, I have friends who have their degrees in, like social media and marketing and things like that and I'm like what am I doing <laughs> it's like well am I am I qualified for this and then I see that people you know people will compliment things I've done or whatever and where they they're like hey I really appreciate blah 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 or, hey that was really nice and I'm like oh wow thanks um and it's not that I don't um I'm not confident in what I do, but it's, um, I'm aware that I am not perfect in this space, but I, and I, I have a lot of room for improvement. Um, but I don't want to 
it's like when somebody compliments you go oh thanks but it's um like deflecting compliments I, I need to learn like even like on a personal not just professional but personally um not deflecting and going well but but I, w- I did some research recently um for a project and in my results I said well you know we had an increase of this type of diagnosis but our hospital census also increased by this much and my my advisor or my my mentor was like why would you say that and she's like I was like well because that's a factor she goes no she's like you need to take credit for implementing this new process mm-hmm. she's like you need to take credit and that it wasn't maybe this wasn't a, res- a direct result of having more admissions this mm-hmm. was a result of something you did and I was like thanks mom um, <laughs> it's like okay um and this again like this is a woman who's been a dietitian like longer than i've been alive mm-hmm. so i you gotta you know you gotta know when to accept your flowers and when to, or like you know you can humbly accept your your props and um mm-hmm. or i got oh let me show you this hold on let me let me show you this i got in the mail a while back Um, one of these, it's um National Wrestling Media Association. This that is sweet. And so um, it's just one of them because I, it I, it got sent to me, and I, from the from when we we won in twenty one twenty two, and my sister she's heck she called me at work was like what'd you order I was like what are you talking about. She goes, you ordered something. I said, no, I didn't. Cause it was like something, some crystal, something custom orders. And I, she said, you ordered something. I was like, what is it? And she goes, oh, and she sees it. She goes, never mind. Um, you're just gonna have to see it when you get home. And me and my mom were like, well, what is it? <laughs> Cause there's sometimes that like I order stuff and it takes so long to get in. I don't remember what it was. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, you're just gonna have to unwrap it when you get home. But it's nothing bad. I was like, well, who's it from? She goes, I can't say. Because she knew if she had said it. Yeah, cat would be out of the bag. Jason mm-hmm. Bryant, like I'd be like, but even then I'd have been like, what are you talking about? Like, so <laughs> I got home. She goes, I need you to open your present. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so I opened it and I was like, so it's it's really special. It's it's cool. Um, it's like a wow. So it's cool to. It's validating. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a token of, you know, all the hard work that you put in to get to where you are. You know, now is your, now is your chance to accept a compliment. Yeah. Thank you. You know, for all that you've been doing, I know it hasn't been easy. You've taken quite the long windy road as we've talked about yeah. in this podcast. Yeah. Um, but I also I mean, feel that, you know, productivity, we, we're, we are so we as a society are so um just consumed by hustle and grind culture mm-hmm. so like me personally i'm either at a thousand or zero and so i'm either like oh my gosh we gotta get it done or i'm passed out in bed and just <laughs> um but you know trying to find that balance has been very difficult um and and learning how to say no has been very difficult and 
you can't be everything to everyone all at once because it's again resource management you got to learn how to how to manage you how to manage your time how to something that um Lauren Burroughs told me once um is J JB's able to manage how he manages is by saying no and he knows how to turn things down and he knows how to say hey like I really appreciate this but I can't do it right now or hey sorry guys this this isn't possible at the moment and he knows how to be realistic and know that you know if, if you want to spend time with your family and have a successful career and do this and do that and do this and do that like you have to manage your time effectively and you have to be able to to put up those boundaries those like professional personal whatever boundaries and and be willing to say no or not right now and not feel bad about it and um because being a yes person it's it's so worse to overpromise and under so much worse to under overpromise and underdeliver than it mm-hmm. is to just not to be like, hey, please don't expect this. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. <laughs> that's some great advice, honestly. Like if you stretch yourself too thin, then you're not you're you're not giving how do I say this? You're not giving what I expect from you. Like if I'm asking you, hey, yeah, Jordan, come on, let's do this clinic. And you come there and I'm like, oh man, he just, you know, seemed off or whatever, you know? Um, Yeah. You're not delivering on the promise, you know, because you're just, yeah. So just stretched out. Right. Or it's like, you can't get rest. You can't, you can't be prepared. Um, Just so many things that, because even, even with me personally now, it's, I am so tired when I get home mm-hmm. that it's almost difficult to wind down and get my brain to turn off. But then by the time I do get to sleep, it's so late. And then I wake up late. And so I start late and it's just kind of, I'm probably gonna have to like sleep cycle and <laughs> like the Olympics when they were in Tokyo, mm-hmm. I was, my sleep schedule was so yeah. bad. So I'm probably just going to have to like cycle it out and just try to figure that one out but yeah that's a <laughs> good stuff I also noticed you're drinking like three different things okay so I've got this is my green juice okay and my this is one of my tester cups mm-hmm. but yeah I've got some other I got some other cool things that I will might be making taking pictures of and posting to my site I think they're on my Etsy but I need to also post them to my site site this is my coffee i learned the hard way you do not microwave a glass like this <laughs> it is like foil and this is my water but if you take a greens powder and you accidentally mm. put some coffee creamer in it you kind of have a matcha um oh yes but so i i had, I had the, these just right beside of each other on the counter and i just went glug and i'm like wait a minute <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like actually that tastes way better now um <laughs> but so um <laughs> yes have to have to it's like hydration mm-hmm. 
motivation yep. fun <laughs> the, the adhd girly trifecta mm-hmm. uh, usually my fun beverage is a red bull or something kind of bubbly carbonated or a, a diet um a diet dr pepper mm-hmm. uh, but red bulls I do love, they have this, the winter edition is like a pear cinnamon. It's mm. not spicy. Like I was thinking it would be, which is good. Cause like spicy drinks and carbonation are like weird on the tongue mm. in my opinion, but anyway, love a Red Bull, the dragon fruit one. So uh, yeah, I hear that's the best one. I haven't had one of those yet. I hear so those. good. Um, the dragon fruit and the peach ones are my favorite. Um, uh, I got like this massive like case of, I think this massive case off of amazon of the peach ones and i just took a bunch of them to work and people were like you shouldn't be drinking this and i'm like okay yeah. and you shouldn't be taking smoke breaks um Ooh. Hmm. perfect time to sip the coffee <laughs> it's like if this keeps me from not eating someone yeah i think, I think we'll be fine Oh, it's been fun. Oh my god! Hey, but we've got to talk about this deal for your listeners. Right? Yeah. Sorry, I have this on the bottom. We forgot about that. (laughs) I have it like right here on my screen. All right, so everybody, if you um got to this point of the podcast uh, and you survived, congratulations! You can go to cuffwrestling.com and at checkout. Um, enter Kelby 15 for 15% off your entire purchase. Your one exclusion is the glam jackets, but 15% off your total purchase. Um, and that way we know how many people actually listen to this podcast. <laughs> and then how many people go to your website and buy, um, like these shirts. Exactly. Top wrestling shirt. Um, gosh, it was just, it was so easy and, and cheap and, and it's nice quality. So. This is probably one of my most worn shirts. I might make like a little holiday something real quick yeah. too. Just like a fun, like a fun, like deck the falls, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Might be, might be a little cheesy, but deck um, the falls. That's funny. Yeah. Or also <laughs> always DM me on Instagram, tough underscore wrestling. And the, I, my Instagram's linked on the website, but um, enter that code at checkout and just go use the code. Yeah. 15%. <laughs> and that's again excluding the jackets which still even though it doesn't work for the jackets check out the jackets they're pretty sweet because okay. i saw jess um she's the athletic trainer at arizona state she has one that's pretty sweet i i loved making that one but making jackie paquettes nwca mm-hmm. uh, pause, pause, pause. i'm gonna have to show this one off this it's gorgeous 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 let me go find it and there's one more that you said hasn't made its debut yet right mm-hmm. yep the charlton state that mm-hmm. one is oh my gosh it is stunning 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 i just i love i also hey again if and this doesn't even have to be a wrestling jacket if you're about to get married you know somebody who just wants a cool custom jacket i do stuff for babies i do stuff for little kids like send me a message and we can, we can get you something. Um, we can get you something made, get you something mocked up.
for listening to this episode of the Let's Talk Wrestling Podcast. Special thanks to my guest, Rachel Gallardo, for taking the time to sit down and chat with me. Cover art created and designed by Kristen Gill. Please feel free to rate, comment, and subscribe to the podcast. You can also check me out on Twitter, Instagram, and my Facebook page to hear more of my content. Don't forget, check out my website at letstalkwrestlingpodcast.my.canva.site. And as always, be sure to tune in to hear the next guest of the Let's Talk Wrestling Podcast. Take care. See you next time.